When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. <laughs> What's up? What are you laughing at I'm over laughing there? because when you do the mic check... We do a mic check before we hit record. Ooh, behind the scenes, a little behind the scenes action for you guys. A little BTS of the podcast. So he's always like, he always says one, two, and then, or one, two, one, two, and I'll usually say three, four. But today I started singing a song and I was like, where do, one, two, three, four, get your something on the floor. What is that song? And then I remembered it's Coolio. And then all I did, all I had to see was, oh, God, all I had to do was see a photo of Coolio and I started laughing. Gotta, gotta get up, get, get down. down. Gotta, gotta, gotta get, get up, get down. Fuck, I forgot God, about Coolio. Yeah, right? One, oh. two, three, four. Anyway, the great song. It is. You love your throwbacks. I do love throwbacks. That's an oldie, though. That, that's old, old. I don't even have a lot of memory of that song, but I know that part. Do you have a favorite? Like, you're, you're in the car. You've got five minutes. Oh, you want to pick no. me up. Is there one song that you will go to? That will fix it. You know what? I can't. I can't pick one. And that's the honest to God. That is maybe a cop out, but I can't pick one. I had a a CD made when I first got my license. A CD, I said, uh, because we had like an old, old, old car. My parents bought a Buick Regal for us to drive. So I shared it with my siblings. And so I I decided when as soon as I get my G2, I can drive by myself. I'm making a CD for myself. So anything that sh- that's on that CD for me, like just brings back memories, some of my favorite throwbacks. So it's a little Busta Rhymes. It's a little Mariah Carey. It's uh, Lumity. Really? Uh-oh. Yeah, it's, there's like a, there's 10 or 15 of them. I cannot choose just one. I truly cannot choose just one throwback. I can't. Cat is Lumity years old. <laughs> I am Lumity. Teen, in teen, teen years, we're all Lumity. Lumity. Well, and Sean Paul. Never mind. That was the best time for Sean Paul, too. It was like, get busy, like glue. I had them all. All right, a little trip through time here with Kat to kick off the pod. Welcome to After 9, everybody. It is, uh, let's see, what is it, the 10th of May? 10th it of is May? May 10th, yeah. We're a third of the way through the month, and we are more than halfway to the long weekend. Yeah, baby. It's, uh, it's beautiful out again today. Everything just changed at once. You and I in the past, and this is not going to be a climate change conversation, but you and I in the past have talked about how things are shifting yeah, they we're, are. We're getting April right now. Yeah. What's happening now is a traditional April. Is yeah. it not? It used to be. You know, I had this conversation with my dad, too, on Mother's Day. We were sitting outside enjoying the weather because Mother's Day was quite nice as well. And, you know, he, he said kind of similar. He's like, you know, I want to be I, I'm going to be ignorant in this moment because I realize this is, our earth is fucked. But the, this is the kind of weather we used to enjoy when Easter came earlier. Like there was be early Easter, you know, when Easter is always like at the very beginning of April, for example. And you had those weekends. You did. A lot of the time, Easter was lovely enough to do those egg hunts outside without having to wear a winter jacket. Now you can't do that anymore. Now it's usually pushed to May, sometimes end of May. But enjoying this weather now, yes, it does remind me of what it used to be like. And there is a shift. Don't forget, come September too. Remember last September? We had heat waves heat waves all through the month of September. I'm fully expecting that again. And then you start to ask yourself questions like, should we be, I don't know, pushing, pushing what we call summer now? Like, because truly those dates don't align with what they used to be. And yes, it's fucked. And I agree with you. I don't want to go into the climate change talk. We could talk about that for a long time. And we have talked about it before and it is messed up, but at a certain point, do we change the dates for these seasons? Maybe we have to. Because summer to me is still September. Summer is full-blown September all the way through, if not beginning of October. That's when it shifts. Part of the problem is it's also getting windier. And and I don't know why climatologists never talk about this, but our climate is changing here in the GTA, the greater Toronto area, in that it's far windier than it used to be. That used to be, uh, well, they call Chicago the Windy City. I assume because it was presumably windy. Well, now we're getting it here and it's pissing me off because I hate the fucking wind. Yeah, wind can be irritating. The only time I like it is thank God for the windy days when it's like the humidex 
is supposed to be at like 36, but thankfully because of the wind, it doesn't feel like 36 degrees out, which is going to happen eventually. We're going to get there. It's going to get real hot real fast. Just this morning, we had this in the news on our radio show. Warmer weather and fading fears about COVID-19 have immigration experts warning of more irregular migration at the Canada-U.S. border. Police have so far this year encountered a record number of would-be asylum seekers trying to enter Canada, most of them in Quebec. Okay, Ah. but let me be clear here. You fuckers like Canada. You know where Canada is. You know the great promise that Canada offers, but it was too cold to come until now? Yeah, I do want asylum, but it's a little too chilly. I'm going to wait till the weather warms up a bit I mean, I'm I'm assuming the people... Okay, so I'm assuming the people that are in a dire situation... Yeah, absolutely. They're going to find a way to get there, no matter the weather. But if you're not in a situation where it's life or death in that moment, a.k.a. you have a temporary residence or a place to stay, you're you're okay where you are in the moment, I'd rather move when it's warm, too. Same reason I won't move in the winter. Like, move to a new house, for example. Same reason why I don't travel in Canada in the winter. I mean, don't we all kind of wait for warmer weather to to move our bodies? (laughs) I know I do. Yeah, it's just such a weird thing. Like, oh, Canada's great. They're going to take good care of me. And they've got that that healthcare system up there. And eh, when it warms up, I'll definitely look into it. Yeah. No, I mean, a part of me kind of understands it. Uh, All right, let's get to it. We have uh, many, many things to cover in this one. And we're going to start off by talking about a different kind of season. We're not talking spring or summer. We're talking wedding season. Uh-oh. It is officially upon us. My, my timeline every weekend now is dominated by a number of things. Baptisms, first communions, mm-hmm. bridal showers. Everybody's getting mm-hmm. ready to get married. Lending Tree did a survey. Actually, they do it every year. They're a money company. And they're, uh, they're putting some pretty staggering numbers out there. 62% of people now say being in a bridal party, not even getting married, just being in the bridal party, the costs are way too out of control. On average, $825 is how much it costs to be in a bridal party. Mm. That's what you're spending on pre-wedding events, the wedding itself, and the attire. Note that does not include the gift. That is just here, not a destination wedding. Here, just hey, can you be one of my my bridesmaids or one of my groomsmen? Yeah, fucking bend over. It's going to cost you a lot of money. It is because every one of those weddings usually tends to, and I know thankfully some people go off the traditional path and do their own thing and don't find the need to do it all, but all of them come with things. Add-ons, if you will, right? So I'm in the I'm at a wedding party, let's say. Okay, so I will not only be involved with your stag and dough, I'm probably going to help you plan it and help you get auction items and do all of those many other things that I have to do. On top of spending money, it's a lot of time. And then there is the bridal party um, doing their things, right? The shower, the bachelorette, and sometimes you decide you want to travel or get a hotel for that or an Airbnb even. All of those costs add up. I actually am surprised the average isn't a little higher than that. And it could very well be. I think there's a lot of people, though, who have cut a lot of corners on their wedding to get married during the pandemic. So that may have skewed the average down a little bit. But 56% of bridal party members say they have felt pressure to spend more than they could afford, particularly on the bachelor and bachelorette parties. Like, okay, yeah, I'll do it. I'll be one of your bridesmaids. Yes, I'll buy the dress. Yes, I'll pay to get my fucking makeup and hair done on your wedding day. Yes, I'll buy new shoes. Yes, I'll come to the shower. And oh, Mm -hmm. fuck, really? We have to do the bachelorette in Miami. Come on. You're (laughs) killing me. And that's how it keeps going down, Kat. Well, here, and here's the thing, too, is the extra... The, we, have this, we can have this conversation most years, COVID aside, because the, for the couple of years, we haven't been talking about it. But every year, we can have the similar conversation. It is expensive. It's expensive. Should we change the way we do things? Can you consider that? This year, though, I truly mean we need to reconsider it. 
Look at how much people are paying for things now. And whether you are a single person, maybe you're even lucky enough to be like living at home still and your friends are getting married all around you. And so you can kind of save up the money to do these things. Is that what you want to do? Or do you want to save up money to get that house and your first house inevitably or rent money for what you want to do? The cost of living has gone up so greatly that to ask a couple or one person, doesn't matter, to take part in your wedding party and spend all of that money, it's a lot. So I think of all the years, this is really a good year if you are getting married. And I hate, like, I don't want to make people feel like they can't have all the things they ever wanted to have, but you really do have to consider it and at least be open and understanding or have that conversation. And it's a tough one. And I don't know if people are going to be honest with their friends if you had that conversation of, okay, so I want you to be in my bridal party. Up front, here's how much it's probably going to cost. Is that too much? And I fully understand if it's not, if it's, if you can't do it. Do people have those conversations or do they just say, hey, be at my bridal party. Great. And then you get into all the dirty details later and then they kind of realize, holy shit, the dress is 300. I have to buy shoes. That's another hundred hair and makeup that day is going to be another hundred dollars. And then we have the bachelorette party and this and that. It all adds up. Women definitely pay way more than guys do. Sure they do. Guys are easy. All right. Yeah, yeah. We'll rent a tux. Yeah, yeah. We'll go to a bachelor party. That's basically it. And then a gift. Most people, I think, give a gift on top of them actually being part yeah. of the wedding party, I think. But I'm not even sure that that's tradition in all people's minds. Uh, diving, down even, <laughs> diving down even further into this. So we now know that 62% believe bridal party costs are out of control. 56% said they felt pressured into spending more than they could afford. And then on top of that... The amount of people that regretted it afterwards. Four out of ten people say they regretted how much money they spent on someone else's wedding. And I think that that's a key thing there. Let's talk about that. Someone mm-hmm. else's wedding. You're spending huge money for someone else to get married. And I guess what I'm wondering here is at what point did things switch? At what point did the expectations become as high as they are? Because to me, if I'm getting married, and I'm going to ask my buddies to step in and, and be part of the bridal party and do all the shit. I can't also expect them to pay for the inconvenience that I'm putting them through. I would pay for their tux and their shoes and that sort of stuff. I mean, yeah, there's going to be some expense to them. But I wouldn't invite them to come in just to spend money on me. That seems like a ridiculous thing. That's what happens all but the it time. Ha- why is it like that, though? I don't get it. It's just, it goes under the umbrella of it's always the way that people usually do things. So you just feel like you have to do them that way. And it, it is a heavy cost on the bride and, uh, or, and bride or bride and groom, groom and groom to, to cover all those costs. I get it. But I really do think now, especially is the time you got to consider other people's financial situations. But it's so awkward all around. Like, it's really tough. It'd be tough, you know, if I was in a position like I didn't want to or I couldn't spend that money. Never mind not wanting to. Because there's a huge difference between people not wanting to do it and people who truly can barely hang on and afford what they're doing right now. And then on top of that, be added to this mix of spending money. Now is really the time to look at that. Like this year, bridal parties. What are you doing? (laughs) You know, are you maybe just take into account other people's financial situations. It's it's tough. Just when you add in all those extras. You know, it's one thing if you just want to do, you know what, guys? No no stag and no, no nothing. It's just going to be the wedding and the dress and the shoes and the tux, whatever, rental. Cool. I think most people would be okay with that. But it is a lot. It's a lot to ask. It is. 30% of people who went to a bachelor or bachelorette party had to pay for travel to get there. Yeah. I, okay, so it's Again, one, that's common. Yeah, but I mean, it's one thing to say, hey there, yeah, I'm getting married and I want you to be in the bridal party. And yeah, you're going to have to pay for your own tux and you're going to have to pay for your own shoes. And there might be some hair and makeup and stuff like that or dress that you have to pay for. But I also want to have my my stag in New Orleans. So there's that, too. How can you ask on top of everything else? For someone to pay for a trip and not just pay for their trip, they're probably kicking in a little bit extra because the Mm. bridal party will split the cost of the bride or groom to go. Give me a fucking break. How is that feasible for people these days? Money's too tight. Everyone's going to have to cancel their weddings this year. I'm sorry. It's just the way it has to be. (laughs)
Well, this is, and then I go back to the honesty of it all, though. Like, I mean, I know you have no problem turning down an invitation to a wedding, right? Yep, I'll say no. Not everybody has. For some reason, you know, and I understand why. I shouldn't say for some reason. It's because they feel guilt if they say, let alone, let alone just going to the wedding. Some people just don't even want to have to fork up the money to go to a wedding, which may also include a hotel. I mean, a lot of us are in that predicament. I have a wedding coming up later on this year, for example, and I'm probably going to have to get a hotel room too. And I have to factor that in and it is expensive for people. How do you say no? Can you say no and still socially be okay with that person who's asking you to be in their party? I've, I've seen it happen and I've heard of it happening before where people have just said, I can't. I'll be there on that day, but I cannot take part in this because I cannot put in all this money. It's going to cost me too much money. There is a source for this pressure and everybody admits a different person. When they asked people, 43% felt the majority of the pressure to be part of the bridal party, to spend the money, even if it meant them going into debt. 43% believe that pressure came from within. It was pressure on themselves. They didn't want to say no. Exactly what you were talking about. Almost the same number, though, said that pressure comes from the bride. In particular, it comes from the bride. Other members of the bridal party, about one in three experienced that. Less than one in five said the groom put any pressure on them at all Mm. to spend big on their wedding. Stereotypical, isn't it? (laughs) Uh Gen Z and Gen X highlighted greater pressure from within. Millennials said the bride is namely the culprit. Baby boomers said themselves and the brides evenly. 41% also said wedding expenses ultimately hurt their relationship with another bridal party member. Mm -hmm. Most commonly, the bride herself. Wow. But why is it still such a big pissing contest? We know that marriage doesn't mean a whole hell of a lot these days. You can get out of it anytime. You are not uh, uh, necessarily making an investment when you get married. This is purely a spend. When we look at need versus want, this is 100% want and zero need. But we're still raising the stakes, looking at other people, judging what Mm -hmm. they do, Mm -hmm. and then putting more pressure on yourself. Mm -hmm. At some point, we have to ask ourselves, how much money are we willing to shell out for one night? We truly don't do enough reflecting on our own thoughts and feelings. Is this actually what you want? Or you think because it's tradition, it's what you should do? Who gives a shit what many people before you did what matters to you and the person that you're going to marry ask yourself that what part of this do you like take out the shit you don't put in new stuff that you do it there's no rules to it and people assume it's this cookie cutter thing go to city hall if you realize holy shit this is just going to cause drama do it. I love those stories of people just saying, yeah, we just went and got married. It was great. Or, hey, yeah, we had an intimate thing with our family. Didn't invite all these people. Didn't, in, didn't have a bridal party. Great. Go outside the box. Do what matters to you. Because sometimes you got to ask yourself, and I've seen it before. I've seen the regret, Scott. You, I'm sure you have, too, of, hey, we did it this way. It was a big elaborate day. And why did I do that? Yep. You know, even for the bride, the groom, uh, the, whoever's getting married and, and their family who's paying for it. They'll turn around like a, not even that much longer after the fact and go, we didn't need to do that. We didn't need to go through all of that. We just wanted to be married. And some people just feel the need to go through all those motions. I have to have a bachelorette. I have to have a bridal bar. I have to do a stag and Why? Now. It's probably not even your, your first wedding. You know what I or find? Or probably not your only wedding. You know what I... Okay. Well, it's probably but, not for most people. But, but you know what I do find is a lot of the time it's, well, they made me go to theirs. So I got to bring them through mine. I know people who have charts had charts of who got them what for their wedding so that when they're invited to their wedding they know exactly what to do and what to go to and how much to spend it does sometimes come down for some people to well they invite us to theirs, so we got to do it well they had a bachelorette so i got to do it it's just such pressure 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 everywhere that pissing contest is just something i don't understand but getting dressed is the biggest expense for people in the wedding party 32 percent say it costs them the most for the actual attire itself. The average bridesmaid's dress is $130. The average groomsman attire is about $170. Bachelor, bachelorette party, 29%. Travel to and from the wedding, 21%. 
The bridal shower was actually the most minimal expense at 15%. The vast majority, though, agree the parties are the most expensive. Hey, if you're in the bridal party, are you obligated to go to fucking Miami or New Orleans or Montreal for the the bachelorette or the bachelor party? Well, you're definitely a part of it, so you feel the need to, and that's where the pressure kicks in, right? You're in the bridal party. You're coming, right? You're coming. Like, um... I don't want to, <laughs> like you know, but again, it's hard to do that, I think. And then you feel left out. Don't forget you feel left out. This is usually a group of people, you know, and maybe it's not. And that makes it worse. Can I just say I've been in a bridal party and I know that person through something else, right? Like work, for example. And then she's got all of her school friends there. And I'm like, hi, I'm the odd one out here. Uh-huh. So we're all supposed to take a trip together. Like, <laughs> I, hi, I just met you. Let's go to Miami together. It, it can be kind of strange for some people, but then you don't want to be left out and you want to feel like you're a good supportive friend and that equals spending money and it sucks. You did mention that it's totally an option to say no. Yeah, you can say no, but can you say no or would you feel bad? Would you be guilted out of it? Well, they asked if you did say no, did it jeopardize your relationship with the, the couple that was getting married? 31% said, yeah, it did. said no, no change. They totally understood. Good. See, with a number like that, that we should be encouraging people then. Say no more often. Just say no to drugs and bridal parties. (laughs) Say no. (laughs) Well, honestly, and for some people, they get excited about it. Some people want to do it. Some people look forward to, hey, we're going to Collingwood for the weekend for my girlfriend. And that's fun. And that's great. Maybe you would have done a trip with your girls anyway. And that just happens to be a wedding, too. So it's fine. But I'm just saying, if you are in that position where you feel like I can't afford it or it's going to make me feel uncomfortable in any way, we should be more okay with saying no. And other people should be more accepting of that. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's going on with the queen? Is she okay? She's not getting, like, she's not going to get better. She's not, this isn't Benjamin, <laughs> this isn't Benjamin Button. She's not aging backwards. <laughs> That's not what, what I meant. I mean, is she okay? She's old and any little bit of illness can throw her. She's incredible. She's incredible. I mean, for her age, we're going to make it close to that age. And she's still doing things, but of course she's going to scale back. She's almost fucking 100 years old, man. Ongoing mobility issues are preventing Queen Elizabeth II from attending today's opening of British Parliament and delivering her traditional speech from the throne. Buckingham Palace says the 96-year-old Queen's doctors recommended she skip the event. I'm wondering what that conversation was like. Did they say, oh, your highness, you probably shouldn't go. This isn't a great idea. Or did they say, you're not going. And that's all there is to it. And how did she feel about that? Because she seems like the kind of woman that is determined to let nothing slow her down. I can do this if I want to. Yeah. Yeah, she does seem that way. I'm not sure. Uh, I mean, obviously, if it's doctor recommended, it's doctor recommended. She does take the precaution she sh- she's supposed to. In the last couple of years, there's been a couple of things here and there. She's had to step down from certain duties or take time out, and, and she's done them. Or, let me float this out there, is this part, because she's been the queen for so many years. I, I should probably know how many, what are we, 70 years, Most 75 years? My yeah. entire life, she's been the queen. Yeah. So, is it possible that the queen fully recognizes that at 96 years old, she's not going to be doing many working events going forward. And this is a first step at normalizing Prince Charles on the throne. Because today, Prince Charles will go and... Don't make that face. (laughs) Today, (laughs) Skip him by, man. Just give it to William. Prince Charles will give the speech from the throne today. That's fine. Although he's not going to sit on the actual throne. Only 
the king or queen can sit on the throne. So he's going to stand to the side of it and deliver the speech. <laughs> he's going to sit on the armchair really awkwardly. Is it is that my butt? Can I just take a seat? It hurts. And Prince William is also going to attend. Also, an effort to start normalizing someone other than Queen Elizabeth doing the hey. royal duties. Yeah. You met a, you you said, hey, can we skip Charles? I think there's a lot of people, particularly our age, that would love to see them skip Charles and just go right to King William and Queen Kate. That's what it would be, right? And they'd have uh, yeah. that beautiful family, a whole renewal of the royal family right there. And they're playing ball, too. I mean, that's a, that's a family that's got their fucking jersey on, ready to go. Oh, my God. They're not controversial. I mean, I was surprised to hear, I don't know if you heard, but like Harry and Meghan, for example, they will be taking part in the, I think it's the Jubilee celebrations, et cetera, but they will not be from the, they're not going to be saying hello from the balcony or something because it's such an awkward situation, isn't it? It is awkward. Yeah, I know what you mean. I, he also walked away from that title though. And there's certain things that come with the title and certain things you lose when you don't have it. And Harry did this eyes wide open. As far as we know. Those are the kinds of people that would say no to a wedding party. And I respect it. I respect it. They're saying, no, that's not what I want. Spend the money. Forget it. A Michigan lottery player says he was completely unaware that he had a winning ticket until he was going through his wallet and found some old tickets and decided Uh. to check them and realized that all along he's had $242,256 in his wallet that he wasn't even really taking care of. What? Did, how come that can that that can't happen? To all of us, right? Haven't we all been in that scenario where you found an old lottery ticket and you're like, "This is it. This is one of those stories. This has got millions of dollars." And then you scan it with your OLG app and it's like. So get this. On Saturday, I decided I'm going to wash all my spring jackets. I'm going to get them uh- all clean for the new season. So I'm empty in pockets and I'm trying to figure out what goes in this jacket and what goes in that jacket. Lo and behold, what did I find? A $20 bill. Oh, you're rich. It was only 20 bucks, but holy oh, fuck, no. that made my entire day. It doesn't matter. I was it's actually it, planning, no. how am I going to spend this $20 yeah. <laughs> in cash? It doesn't matter. It could have been five and you would have been just as delighted, right? I love that. I love it. I, I emptied out a purse not long ago because I'm like, oh, I got to use a bigger purse. And I found a couple dollars in there. I was like, yeah, I'm going to buy a coffee. Huh? Yeah, take that. Old you, cat, I took your $2. You know what I did with the $20? It was actually meant to be because I had a Toronto Rock game at First Ontario Centre that night. Parking is $20, and it's a lot easier if you just have cash. Perfect. It worked out great. It's just I felt a little ripped off. Like, oh, I just got that 20 and now i got to give it away. Anytime you park in Toronto, it's a waste of money. Or anywhere. <laughs> it's true. Oh, and the price of parking. What is it now in Toronto? I haven't, I haven't gone. Oh, yeah, I am proud a- to say I have not gone to an event in Toronto in a very long time. Don't you remember the times, too? Even when you and I first started at the Toronto station, we have to do events downtown, right? That's the killer right there. Downtown. Shit. Where do I park? Shit. If you wanted a really good space, you had to fork out the 20 bucks. But sometimes you could find a $15 spot or a $10 spot. Now, 20 bucks is a steal. It's a steal. I think it's closer to like, if you want a good spot, it's 40 bucks. Yep. Yeah. And there's some that are like fifth. If you want to get like a more premium spot closer to the bigger venue, sometimes there's like, you can get a 50, you can get a $50 spot. But again, it's like, do you want to spend the money? Well, we've talked in the past about what it's like for people when they know they're going to Toronto and they've done their research in that, oh, okay. So my hotel is right near that Eton Center shopping place that I'd like to go to. Eton. Well, that's what they call (laughs) it. It's the Eton. And, and. Oh, there's the, the the aquarium there, and that appears to only be a one kilometer from my hotel, and that's great. And then you realize there's a giant fucking convention center between you and the aquarium, <laughs> yeah. and it's actually going to be about a half-hour walk It'll to get there. And then you got to park. Oh, shit. We never even talked about the parking bill you're going to get when you come to Toronto, because, yeah, it's going to be about 40 yeah. bucks. And is it included with the hotel you're staying at? No, you're going to pay that on top of the room fee. You have to take it into account and forget working. When I worked downtown um, for the short time I did working at the at the Junos, I had a parking spot, but I had to pay for it. And it was ten dollars a day. Like what a steal. Right. But here's the thing. I used to have to hand over my keys to the guy who ran the lot because he would park the cars. And he'd fill the lot. Mm-hmm. So there's car behind car behind car behind car. And he was in charge of moving your car if he had to. So you had to take the risk. But it was $10 a day versus the $30 a day spot that I found not far away. It's a shoddy circumstance. The whole thing. 
A surgeon in India is going to attempt to transplant a womb into a trans woman who was born a man with the intention of making them pregnant. The procedure will involve taking the reproductive organs from a dead donor or a patient who has transitioned the other way and had theirs removed. There's only been one documented case of a womb being inserted into a trans woman in the past. She unfortunately died from complications just a few months later. Impregnating a trans woman would be an even bigger feat, and they say would require the use of IVF and a C-section because they don't have a fully functioning vagina. Dr. Narendra Kaushik who runs a gender reassignment clinic in New Delhi, says he is very optimistic that he can make this success, this procedure, a success. Okay, when you say transfer a womb, can you just clarify? Are you talking about like a living, like a, a living yeah. whole uterus? Like if or I... Is there, a, is there already a fetus inside this as it's being transferred? Oh, I you're looking not. for like an all-in-one solution. No, no, you're no, no. You're just talking about step one. Right. Take your guts gotcha. and put them in me. That's what that would gotcha. be. Gotcha. So that's step one. And then the second step would be to fertilize inside. That's right. Using IVF. That's, you know, that, that's, a lot of com- that's a lot of layers of complications. And oh, when yeah. I'm thinking about a baby, when I'm thinking about making a, a, a baby and, and you obviously want the baby to survive, if there's people dying getting that done, I couldn't imagine how many potential lives are going to be lost because of this. I'm wondering if, that's though. Sc- that's scary. Well, this doctor is going to, he's already planned it. He knows how he wants to do it. He's got people that are willing to have the surgery to see and prove that it can be done. Right. Once this is done, they're going to go through a few cycles and they're going to, I don't know, dot the I's, cross the T's, figure out what went wrong and things like that. And then they want to make this a fairly normal thing. And if they're going to do it for a trans woman, this is someone who was born with male genitals that's transitioned to a woman Mm -hmm. and wants to be able to have a baby. Do you see there ever being a time where just a regular dude can decide in his relationship with his female partner, you know what, let's have a baby, but I'll carry the baby. Do you think we're ever going to get to that stage? Or is this just something that they'll leave for people who are transitioning or for the trans community? I mean, for the time being, yeah, I don't see it going that. There's a lot of other factors, right? A lot of other variables for sure uh, in terms of feeding the baby. Uh-huh. Yeah, right? absolutely. Sure. Um, also, I mean, I, I went through two C-sections. I mean, I, I wouldn't put that as option number one for anybody. So for like a new parent to go through that anyway, anyone who's done it knows it's it's difficult. That's the only option here. That should be taken into account as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, recovery can be very, very tough. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's hard to wrap your mind around. I'm just wondering if there's ever going to be a phase where my girlfriend and I could be sitting around on a Friday night and say, you know what? Let's have a baby, but I'll have the baby so you can continue working or so it doesn't mess with your body or anything like that. How would you feel about that? Uh, I mean, me personally, I don't think that that's my role in that job, in that process. Uh, Delivering the baby, I think that there's a bond that a, uh, a mom and the baby have, and I just don't know that I have it in me to do that. I, I think it's beautiful the bond that a mom and a baby have. And that's just not me. Maybe I'd feel differently if I actually had the baby, but I also don't know how the fuck you girls do it. The thought of something moving inside you and you can't stop it seems repulsive to me. Repulsive. It does. I don't know how you girls do it though. Like I'm saying that with nothing but respect. I I think it's amazing that you girls can just be going out your, about your day and feel something inside you kicking or trying to grab onto your lung or yeah. something, and it just doesn't even phase you. You'll never understand it. That's I would just be the way it is. You don't understand it. You never will understand it because you've never experienced it. And that's just one of those things that you'll never, you'll never experience and you'll never know. I would be sprinting to the nearest ER saying, make this stop. Give it some Ambien or something. Like, just yeah. make it stop touching See, me on the inside. And you have that mentality because you don't know what it's like. Yeah. and You know? I, uh, you don't have it because you don't. Well, they're working on the procedures, and this, they say, in all likelihood, is going to be a thing. Interesting. And when it's, per- when it's perfected, we'll let you know. It's just like someone died getting the, the procedure done. So, man, that's a risky to even... I, I know it's the beginning, and at the beginning of a lot of different trials, there's casualties. We know this. 
Oh. But uh, how many, uh, hopefully it ends up going okay. I, I'm totally okay with people having options. I just worry about the babies. That's all. I worry about the babies. Because if people are dying, getting this, getting this done, what about the babies that will eventually be in there? What are their survival rates going to be at? And are we going to kill a lot of babies along the way? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Speaking of survival, one of the things that definitely does not have a very good chance of survival is any plant that lives in Cat's house. And when you look at the latest Google trends, you're not alone, Cat. Mm-hmm. People are full-blown admitting they don't know how to take care of a plant, and that's why the <laughs> most searched-for plant, according to Google Trends right now, is the cactus, because it's the easiest one to not kill. Yeah. It will stay alive with very, very minimal intervention from a person indoors. Cactus is number one. When you think of all the beautiful flowers and plants on this earth, some you can eat, some are meant to season your food, some of them are just beautiful to look at. Nope, we want the shittiest, prickliest, hurtiest one there is just because it's easier. But cactus is now number one. I I think that there's some nice looking cactus and cacti out there. Really? Yeah, they're cute. They, you put them in a cute little pot, like the small ones. I mean, not like the big fuckers. <laughs> I don't want one of them pot. big like swords <laughs> sticking out. I want like the you know the cute little ones and little succulent cactuses. You know, I don't know what they're called. Okay, I don't have the verbiage, but I'm telling you that there's some really cute ones. That would be the only thing I'd be okay with. And I also do grow like mint, mint leaves, uh, cilantro, stuff like that. Usually in the summertime, that's the only thing I can keep alive. Did you only grow the mint, though, for the mojitos? Yes, I did. I kind of figured that that would be the reason. And the mules. (laughs) And the mules. Oh, yep. Let's get some Some, Moscow's in you. Sometimes vodka soda, too, with a little bit of mint leaf is nice. In the summertime? I'm a real vodka soda person. Yeah, But mint instead of lime in the summer is really, really good. Uh, Hey, we, we had this conversation many, many times over the last two years. What was it all the doctors said, whether you get vaxxed or not, whether you uh, uh, catch COVID or not, whether you wear a mask or not, at the absolute minimum, stay home when you're sick. There's a lot of people, and I think that this goes back to the way I was raised. I'll use my own example. When I was growing up, perfect attendance was an award that they handed out. And I strive to get perfect attendance. I came close once where I only missed two days of the school year and it wasn't even my fault. But they don't want us to do that anymore. They want to take away mm-hmm. the any of that mm-hmm. and, and just make it perfectly clear to people that if you're sick, you can stay home, particularly from school. Now, maybe there's some parents out there thinking, oh, well, you know, they got the sniffles and stuff and I probably should keep them home, but they can't afford to miss any school. They've already been sick twice this year. This is brand new research that says this is in the Pediatric Infectious Disease Journal, which I it sounds official, so I assume it's reputable. They say kids who miss up to a dozen days of school are no more likely to fall behind in school compared to students who have near perfect attendance. I'm not surprised. Children adjust quickly, which allows them to catch up to their peers. Plus, they learn better if they're given a chance to rest when they're ill. So if that's your excuse for sending the wee ones off to school when they're sick, forget it. They're perfectly fine at home and they won't miss much. That's all well and good, but that's not the number one reason people try to get their kid to school. It's not the attendance. It's what do we do? If your kid is too young to be by themselves, you have to figure out and juggle your life. I mean, you've been here before when I've got a call, when I got a call from my daughter's school. That's an all hands on deck kind of situation. You know what I mean? It really is. You yeah. have to figure out, like, oh, I didn't, I didn't know that she wasn't feeling well. And I, I, by all means, if she's not well, I keep her out. She's already missed several days this school year. And I know that there's many people in the same boat, especially with all the illnesses that are going around and kids now back to their usual groove. There's stuff happening. But for me, it's not about that. I don't worry about that. And kids are very resilient. They do catch up easily. It's more, how do we manage this? Who's staying? Who's the one now who's not going to their job? Who's, how are we going to get care for our kid? It, it, that's, the, that's the biggest reason why people would probably still want them to go to school. Not attendance. I don't see a lot of parents giving a shot about that right now, especially with all of the at-home learning that they've had to go through the last two years. Nobody cares about that anymore. I mean, obviously, our 
workplace is fairly flexible, but I guess not every workplace is. There's some people who absolutely have to go to work. They just can't take time off. And I don't know what they do in that situation. Yeah. I mean, it's that and miss a day of pay for a lot of people. You miss the day of pay. So, okay, yeah, you go ahead, but you're not getting paid today. And for a lot of people, that makes a big difference. And never mind one day, two day, three days, maybe you need. That's three days off. That's three days off your paycheck. And how does it work if you are, uh, say, in the gig economy or something like that? Uh, You can't go out and drive Uber Eats. You can't uh, do this or that. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know that there's any way to get compensated for that. Oh, and another thing. We have the paid sick days. Can a parent use a paid sick day if they're staying home to care for a sick kid? Do they at least get that? That's a great question. I actually, if anyone knows that, that would be great because you're right. We're lucky. Like our work is very flexible. If there's somewhere we need to be and we absolutely have to do it, we can. Not a lot of places seem to really care, which is sad. I find a lot of the bigger, you know, employers, like the factory setups and things like that, maybe are less forgiving for things like that, but I could be wrong. Let us know if you have any comments on it. Stock market's really taking it on the chin right now, Kat couple of things. They say the, well, actually, they don't say it was a fact. The S&P 500 closed yesterday at its lowest mark in more than a year. Canada's main stock index, the TSX, down more than 3% yesterday. The Canadian dollar this morning was trading at 76.89 cents US. The Canadian dollar has dropped more than two cents in two weeks. And it's scary as fuck what's going on right now. Even investors are looking around at what's happening. They look at these dipshits at the Bank of Canada. And I'm glad, by the way, the other day that Pierre Polyev said they were financially illiterate. And then they got all uppity like, oh, we know what we're doing. Shut the fuck up. No, you don't. Pierre's right. I hate that these investors are looking at what's going on. And even they're saying this is not a good time to invest and they're selling off their stocks. The dollar dropping, that's for a number of different reasons, Mm -hmm. but it's never good for us when the dollar drops because that sends prices even higher. I mean, forget about the, well, I'm going to Cuba next week. I better take out some American money. Oh, shit, it's 76 instead of 79. That's small potatoes. There's other things that are heavily influenced by that dollar, and this isn't good. What's going on right now Mm -hmm. is not good, and nobody seems to have a plan for how to deal with it. It's scary, Kat. What is the so the reason? What is the reason? If you had to give a simple reason as to so stocks, for example, stocks are selling off because investors are looking at the. There's a situation in China. Their exports, for example, were way down in the last quarter yesterday. On top of that, the U.S. central bank raised interest rates. Right. They said they're going to raise them again. Here we raised a bit too. We've raised them twice, and it's going to go up another half point in a few weeks when they make the June interest rate announcement and stuff like that is freaking Mm -hmm. people out sure people are unsure right of what's to come well they're also unsure in how qualified our leadership is in this case the bank of canada to control interest rates i mean the bank of canada has a target inflation rate sorry not interest rates i meant to say inflation the bank of canada has a target inflation rate of two percent annually we're over 6%. It's, it's insane right They now. have completely shit yeah. the bed, yeah. and now they're compounding the problem and making it 10 times worse for the, I'm going to call them the working poor. If you're middle class right now, you're not getting any further ahead, not without yeah. some, some intervention there. If you're just going to work and earning your paycheck to pay your mortgage and pay your hydro bill and put your kids in some sports, no fucking way. It's just not working with all this inflation and these insane gas prices. Mm, yeah. So we're in a bad spot. And even the markets are throwing up a red flag to our leaders. You guys better get this shit under control. Mr. Forgive me if I don't think about financial policy. You should probably think about financial policy because there's some shit going on that needs to be dealt with. We're in the middle of an election campaign here in Ontario. And it feels like we're not really talking about anything. Have you noticed that? There's a lot of bumper sticker announcements and there's a lot of this and Mm -hmm. that, but nobody's actually talking about any issues. Yesterday, Doug came out and announced something that I don't even think was formally part of his platform. It certainly wasn't in the budget, but he's going to increase the amount of money for the disability support payments. 
Okay. People that, I think it was a 5% increase. Yeah, he's going to boost it by 5%, which he says is the largest hike in more than a decade. And people were asking for that, right? That's one of the one of the many things people say that they are, or one of the many areas people say it's not. there's not enough given, not enough done, correct? But there's not. Like, we're, we're leaving these people to live on, on like oh, yeah. a thousand bucks. Where can you live for a thousand dollars? It's not possible. Yeah. Stack on all the other things, of course. Absolutely. Tonight, there's going to be a debate in Northern Ontario where they will debate Northern issues. What are the, (laughs) what are Northern issues? I mean, everything from should we build a road to the ring of fire to what do we do with the people who need to be reimbursed for medical costs? I guess in some cases, if you live in some remote communities of Northern Ontario, it's not practical, for example, for us to set up an MRI machine up there. So you've got to come down here if you want to get some diagnostics done. That is an issue, by the way. That's a massive issue. Sure. And I mean, in a province as wealthy as we apparently are, I don't know why there's not an MRI inside every Tim Hortons. You'd think there would be. We got a lot of fucking money. They're taxing the shit out of us. Take a double-double and a scan, please. (laughs) Seriously. And I think it's my rotor cuff. If I can just stick my arm in the machine for a little bit. It's like one of those doohickeys at Shoppers Drug Mart to test your blood pressure. You just slide your arm through and it scans it for you. Think about the epic amount of money that gets brought into this province through income tax and through sales tax and through excise tax and, and all the other ways that they make tax. Gas tax. All of it. And yet every school and every hospital in this province are fundraising every time you turn around just to get the basics. Where's all the fucking money going? Oh, all you have to do is watch Doug, Steve, and Andrea trot around for the next 30 days, and you'll see where the money's going. Mm -hmm. It's going to try and sway you. They want you, and they're going to give you a touch of your money to get you. That's the thing. And... and it never really ends up working out well for no. anybody. <laughs> These people are so bad at their jobs. It's, it's crazy. So anyway, they're going to debate northern issues. When they finally get around to debating southern issues, is that what we would be? Are we in the south? I've never thought of ourselves like in the south. We have real southern issues right now. Okay, well, we have some southern issues too. And one of the things that came out yesterday was Stephen Del Duca of the Ontario Liberal Party says he's going to renegotiate. The federal $10 a day childcare deal. Renegotiate. He wants to renegotiate it. He wants an extra $2 billion out of the feds. For like, what, what, where's the renegotiation lie though? Well, I don't think he understands how a deal's done. We've done the deal. The deal's done. It's going to be $10 a day by 2025, and it's going to be half of what it is now by the end of this year. But is he adding something to it in order to get that money to? What is, how does that make sense? He's going to go to Ottawa. He says on his first day in office, he's going to phone Justin Trudeau. Okay, go ahead and phone him. I don't know if he's going to take your calls. I don't even know if he knows who the fuck Stephen Del Duca is. They're both liberals. And there's a lot of the same people that work on one campaign that would work on another. But at the end of the day, Justin kind of likes Doug. You can see that they get along great. I think it's fine there, yeah. And Justin knows that Doug is not going to throw him under the bus. They've played those games. Yeah. They have where Doug took shots at Justin, so Justin fired shots back at Doug, and they realized this is really stupid. Like, let's just work together, and we have some common interests. So until they finally make the break and go after each other, they're going to keep being buddies. I don't know why Stephen Del Duca thinks he can phone Justin Trudeau and say, yeah, you know what? You know that $10 a day deal? Let's make it nine, and I want $2 billion more. Yeah, what is he trying to get out of it? I don't understand it. And how much cheaper do we need to fucking make this? I get that there's some people who need a little support when it comes to their childcare expenses. I get it, and they were expensive for a while. Frankly, there's no need to bring it below $10 a day, except for very special circumstances. I would understand if he wants to expand it in terms of before and after school care, for example, in terms of, um, you know, backdating it further, which I I don't know how you do that. A deal was made when a deal was made. It was April 1st that it counts. But I don't understand what you you want to make it cheaper. I don't understand that. I think it's totally reasonable what's what's been happening. Or he probably wants to make it happen faster or, or claim that he'll make it happen faster than 2023 is it when is it 2023 that it's supposed to kick in he's probably going to claim all those things but anyway don't well, listen to it no don't listen to it it's all nonsense and i think he would still keep it at ten dollars a day he just wants the feds to send even more money to us well even justin's going to be like we're already giving you a lot of fucking money for this plus we're going to kick in for your dental care and your pharmacare and your eye care and all the other shit like at the yeah. end of the day even we have a limit as to how much we're willing to Honestly. spend 
But anyway, the debate will continue. Oh, last thing before we go. Did the New York Times actually have to scramble at the last minute yesterday to remove the word fetus from Wordle? Were people actually going to be that upset that the word fetus was in the game? I'm not sure. I know for like. And how does Wordle work? Because I've never tried. (laughs) I don't even know why this is a story, but apparently people were all upset that the word was fetus and then they scrambled to pull it because they didn't want people to think it was a commentary on the Supreme Court draft ruling that came out last week. is Wordle going to go away soon is my question, number one. But uh, anyway, yeah. So with Wordle, yeah, you have to guess the word. Are you given a hint? I'm actually a bad person to ask. I've never played it. But from what I can tell, you're given the hint, and then you have to try to type out the word and see how many guesses, and they'll tell you when you have correct letters, I think, and then whatever. The fetus thing, though, is it because it's a trigger word for some people? Is that why? Well, the New York Times says they have... Uh, they did change yesterday's word of the day to avoid an answer that might be viewed as a commentary on the news. The word uh, came up less than a gotcha. week after that leaked report suggested the Supreme Court was going to change the abortion laws. The Times says fetus had been loaded into the game before the newspaper even uh, bought the game. Nobody needs to be upset about that. See, I thought maybe, I don't know, if it, it's a five-letter, it has to be a five-letter word for those that want, that want her. So obviously, there's only so many, like, you're going to use up every five-letter word that you can think of. Fetus happened to be one of them. But the Roe v. Wade thing, okay, it's making them seem like they side one way or the other and they don't like that. But that's horse shit because they do side one way or another all the time. All these newspapers always find a way to. The highest paid people at a newspaper are the editorialists. Yeah, honest as shit. And they just take a side every single time. Yeah, they do. Were people seriously going to try and cancel the times because they had fetus as the wordle word of the day? Did they actually need to come out and clarify? When we bought the game, the words were already in it. All we did was buy it and just we run it. Did they actually need to scramble to pull that word out? Uh, maybe they did, maybe they didn't. Maybe that is a trigger word. But if they had to do it because they were afraid of getting canceled because people might read into it and think they were commenting on the news, get the fuck out of yeah, here. silly. Let's cancel cancel culture. And on that, you have yourselves a fantastic day. Guys, we're finally into a stretch of nice weather, so go out, enjoy it. If your friend calls you and says, hey, I want you to meet my bridesmaid or my groomsman, tell them to fuck off and and enjoy your money this summer just go to the wedding give a <laughs> gift and drink their booze <laughs> i could spend the dough enjoy it you can see why people never ask me to yeah. be in their wedding party no, they probably it. listen have a good one guys Bye. well this isn't good a former sheriff's deputy in arizona has been arrested for allegedly crashing weddings and stealing thousands of dollars worth of wedding gifts his friends got suspicious when they saw his kitchen had 11 air fryers U2's Bono and the Edge held a surprise concert yesterday at a subway station in Ukraine. If you're curious how it went, check your iTunes. It's already in there. Get this. A Sherpa in Nepal has set a new world record after scaling Mount Everest for the 26th time. Yeah, so if you think your friend who just ran a half marathon is insufferable, try having lunch with this guy. He has a- The CDC announced over the weekend that it's investigating a recent coronavirus outbreak on a Carnival cruise ship. That might be the shortest investigation ever conducted. It's a cruise ship, you say? Well, I think we've figured out your problem. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold, guaranteed, or he'll buy it.